And what's up, guys? This is Ajak, and this is the Art of Health podcast. All right, so let's launch into this. Functional muscle. Is there a such thing as functional muscle or non-functional muscle? Is all muscle that is built functional by definition? Uh, these questions, this conversation was prompted by uh, Mr. Michael Medici on Twitter, so credit goes to him. And it's a good question to ask, and there are a few ways to think about this, so I don't to start off with, I don't have a binary yes-no answer. I'm going to lay out some premises and considerations for you guys to think about, and then I'll try to wrap up into something of a concrete and useful conclusion. So when we're talking about muscle mass and building muscle mass, I think the first thing we have to establish is that strength is context-specific. One of the strategies and principles that came out of the Soviet Union, the USSR Soviet sports system, is that there were exercises that were generally effective, and these were called general preparatory movements, GPP, and they would build strength with along basic patterns of movement. So this is kind of where we get the sort this is where we get the push-pull uh, squat lunge idea. You can do these types of exercises where you do a push, you do a pull, you do a lunge, you do a squat, and they build muscle along the lines of the body. They build the major muscle groups. And that muscle will be useful for most sporting activities. And then as you get to higher levels of sport, you have exercises that become more specific in their training effects. And they will specifically improve a certain metric of performance relative to the sport. Now, getting back to my prior point, though, where strength is specific. What do I mean by that? I mean exactly what I say. The strength that you build during an exercise is specific to that exercise. So if you get stronger at bench pressing, you will be able to move more weight in any kind of horizontal chest pressing movement. If you get stronger at bench pressing, does that make you better at, let's just say, throwing a javelin? No. Those two things are completely unrelated to each other. If you get stronger at bench pressing, will that make you better at, uh, let's say, basketball? No. Those two things are completely unrelated to each other. Strength is specific to itself. If you want to get better at bench pressing, you need to bench press. Bench pressing could improve your dumbbell chest press the same way that dumbbell chest pressing could improve your bench press, but that's because they are taking place within the same plane of motion. So strength is planar specific. If you do another activity, a different activity, that requires a horizontal kind of pressing strength, then yes, the bench press could build, let us say, functional muscle for the activity. But if you build muscle bench pressing, and then you go do an activity that does not require horizontal planar pressing strength, that muscle you built is not serving any purpose. It could even be inhibitory to the activity. So functionality is context-specific. Strength is context-specific. If you build muscle, let's say, deadlifting. So you're building muscle along the hamstrings, glutes, lower back, spinal erectors. Uh, will the muscle you, that you build deadlifting help you, let's say, with jumping and sprinting? It could. 
It could. It will have a degree of transference. It's not going to have a one-to-one -one correlation, but it will have a degree of transference and positive correlation where you might notice that you are faster because your legs are now stronger and you've trained your nervous system to produce higher levels of force. But let's say you are deadlifting and you are, uh, let's just, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. So I'm doing a lot of Muay Thai right now. If I improve my deadlifting strength with a straight bar deadlift, will that improve my kicks? Not really. It won't. Well, why not? Kicking is your hips, right? Kicking is a torsional activity with an element of rotation. Deadlifting is a sagittal plane activity where my hips stop at extension. So it might seem on by first, it might seem by first impression that, well, hip strength is hip strength, right? No, it's not. One of the things you realize when you study uh, martial arts and there's lots of combatives, let's say old school boxing, um, hard styles of karate, uh, grappling, judo, you study these martial arts and they don't have much heavy lifting at all, almost none. They'll have hand hardening, they'll have calisthenics certainly, but they don't have a lot of heavy lifting. Well, why not? Wouldn't that make them better at their sport? Wouldn't that make them better at fighting? It might. A more muscular athlete is certainly a stronger athlete by weight room definition. But when you are building muscle mass, you're also training the nervous system. Movements that are done in the gym are not as relevant to actual athletic movement as we often like to think they are. Especially for things like kicking and punching, those activities are torsional, multi-planar, multi-level activities that require extreme amounts of, I want to say it's core activation, but they require a very developed level of both balance and the body's ability to create rotational force. In the weight room, almost everything you do is sagittal, it's unilateral, I'm sorry, it's, not, it's sagittal, it's bilateral, it's perfectly symmetrical. So push-ups and pull-ups and body weight rows and you know, maybe some body weight squats or weighted squats, that's going to help you build some muscle mass and there is going to be some level of positive transference over to a lot of activities, even combatives, definitely, 100%. But as you train the nervous system more and more to get better at lifting, that is oftentimes going to be the detriment of the other activities that you're doing. Now, if you don't care, and that's not important to you, and weightlifting is the main thing, awesome. But if you are wondering, is it possible to build muscle in the weight room and have it, let's say, not transfer over to the field? Oh, yes, it absolutely is. And anyone that's played any sport at a high level will tell you there are guys that crush it in the weight room, and when you get them on the field, you get them in the octagon, you get them in the ring, you get them on the court, they don't do so well. They're not necessarily the worst athletes. It's not like the lifting made them bad, but they're not performing at the necessary level that you think. Um, you know, why? Because functionality and strength, again, are context-specific. What you're looking for when you're trying to improve your athletic performance and you are working out in the gym is that you want to find those movements that have the highest degree of positive transfer. That's what you want. And some things like calisthenics, for example, you can always rely upon those kinds of movements. Chin-ups, push-ups, dips, body weight squats, you know, maybe you add a weight vest, uh, lunges, jumping. Those things are going to be useful in pretty much every sport you can do. But if you want to start doing, let's say, the barbell version or the machine version or the dumbbell version, and you want to really load up the weight... To lift very heavy weights, you have to train your body and train your nervous system to position itself into extreme positions of stability and leverage. That's awesome. You can lift really heavy. 
is that going to make you good at the dynamic sport that takes place on two feet and there's a huge rotational component and it's multiplanar and you have to have a very reactive nervous system uh it might not it like this is 50 50 and like i'm not saying this um to give you an answer like it may improve it may not it's often surprising to people when they get let's say really into powerlifting and they get stronger initially but then they end up getting less athletic because stiffening up your lower back and always training bilaterally and conditioning your body to be super stable that does not lend itself to fluid movement um and i i'm speaking from a place obviously where i'm i'm doing a lot of essentially with like fight training so yeah, like I have a bias right now, but ask anyone that's ever been in a boxing gym, do the big muscly guys that come in, are they the best boxers? No, they suck because their body sucks up oxygen at an increased rate and they fucking die. Um, I remember having a conversation with, with Andrew, with Tate, uh, last year. He was talking about, you know, the gym, uh, Storm Gym in the UK where he, he did almost all of his training. And it was not uncommon that guys would come in that were bodybuilders, that were just gym bros, and they were, they were big, they were impressive looking, they had abs. You get them actually, you know, punching a bag or you're sparring, they just get the shit beat out of them. Um, why? Because they're completely fucking uncoordinated for the activity. Now, the argument could be, of course, well, if they train at that one, they get better and the muscle will be useful. It might be useful. It could be. Or there might be a big confliction with the nervous system where trying to train four or five, six days a week lifting the gym while also trying to get better at throwing hands which thing is taking priority? There's a reason why most boxers and most fighters in general don't overly prioritize really heavy lifting. Um, at least the smart ones don't. Why? Because it fucking detracts from your neurological training. It also detracts from the energetic demands that the sport requires. Now, is that an argument that muscle can be non-functional? I think it is, actually. Um, I would say absolutely it is. The, uh, the assumption that being more muscular is going to automatically make you better at a thing, it's a false assumption. Now, with everything I just said, I'm going to contradict myself. Oftentimes in sports, certainly in combatives, will you notice that the most muscular guys are the best athletes? Yes, you will. Um, but is that because they lifted weights and they got better at the activity? Or is that because they had the genetics to be very muscular and then lifting is adjunctive to the sport that they're doing? Yeah, that, that's something that has to be distinguished. Um, yeah, it's not uncommon to see guys with great physiques, but did they get a great physique because they went and lifted weights and then they decided that they wanted to learn how to kickbox? Or did they take up kickboxing and it just so happens that they have pretty solid genetic capacity to build muscle, and then when they added in some calisthenics and a little bit of lifting, it made them even bigger? You know, which one is it? Um, it's usually more often the former. I'm sorry, usually it's, often the, it's more often the, the latter than just the former. So now that I'm meandering around a point, like what does this mean for your guys' training? Let's say you're listening to this right now, like, well, what are you saying? What should I do? You can lift however you want. And I would encourage everybody to both try to get as strong as possible while also trying to get as like as possible. Understand that there may be a point in time where your strength goals and your athletic goals, they might start to diverge. Um, you know, getting, let's say, faster at running, becoming a better sprinter runner, that's not necessarily going to mean that you need to maximally increase your squat forever. In fact, if you study sprint training and you study, let's say, Charlie Francis, Charlie Francis was a probably the greatest track coach that ever lived. He trained Ben Johnson. Charlie Francis did not have his athletes do full astagrass squats. He had them do lots of half squats and quarter squats. Um, he realized that certain movements had much more positive transfer over to 
sprinting than the traditional weightlifting movements. I um, mean, you can you can find examples like that in every sport where the highest level of technician, the highest level of trainer, they realize that okay, there's certain things that work and certain things that don't. I'm gonna do the things that work, and it's not necessarily gonna look like the conventionally accepted way of doing it. Uh, so. Hopefully that gave you guys something to think about. I guess, you know, to try and wrap that up, can muscle be non-functional? Yes, it absolutely fucking can. Um, Is there such thing as having too much muscle? For a natural athlete, probably not. Um, If you're in a sport where there's weight classes, you could be maybe not too muscular, but you might need to lose weight. You might find that you're competitive in a lower weight class. Uh, If you are an enhanced athlete, let's say you're someone that's juiced up, Oh, absolutely, there's no such thing as too much muscle mass. Lots of juice bros find that out the hard way the first time they ever try to do anything athletic. I, I saw a video recently, um, I'll keep it anonymous, but it was a very, uh, it was a well-known bodybuilding, well-known bodybuilder, and he tried to do basically like an MMA kind of workout of like MMA strength conditioning, and he fucking died. It, it completely metabolically just wrecked him. Uh, you know, but he's really muscular. It, it doesn't mean his muscle is functional relative to the activity. Uh, again, context. You always have to take into account context and specificity. So if you guys have questions about that, um, you know, feel free to ask. Hopefully it gave you something to think about. If you're, if you're just a regular gym bro lifter and you want to look good, like these kinds of arguments, you know, conversations don't really mean anything. Like everything I just told you is kind of like, it's not bullshit, but is it really useful? If you're just trying to look good with your shirt off, be jacked and tan you know, slay poon, fucking go to the beach, whatever. Who gives a shit, you know, whether you're, the muscle that you built is only, is sagally dominant. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. If you're trying to actually be a better athlete, then it's going to have relevance and you're going to have to have to think more about what you're doing. So, you know, either or. If you're a non-athlete or you're a guy that's just very recreational shit, it don't matter. If you are an athlete, you're trying to be an athlete, you, like you legitimately want to improve athletic measures of capability, Yes, you are going to have to think about what you're doing. So I'll wrap that up there. Good talking to you guys. Love you all. Talk to you all again.